Margaret, I don't think this is very funny. Bobby. Who is this? As you watch the screen, your heart begins to beat faster. There's a fluttering in the pit of your stomach. Your throat is dry. Your palms damp. Suddenly a chill runs down your spine. You clutch the person next to you. You tell yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. But sooner or later, it's time to go home. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. This is our review of Leprechaun 4 in Space, starring Warwick Davis, Brent Jasmine, Jessica Collins, Gary Grossman, Rebecca Carlton, Tom Colseri, Miguel Nunez Jr., Debbie Dunning, and Guy Center. Directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, the guy that did the third one, released in February of 1997 on a budget of $1.6 million direct to video, so we don't have any box office numbers, but I can tell you, for the third film in a row, the Leprechaun series has scored a 0% approval rating on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. There's got to be some kind of a freaking record. They went from 27% in the first one to 0, 0, 0. I mean, it's hard to shoot that many blanks in a row. Well, apparently not. I don't know. I'm curious as to, after the first well, I guess the second and third films were panned so much. Who gave the green light for a fourth one? And then, after that one gets panned so much, who gives the green light for a fifth and a sixth one? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, I don't either. I did read one little interesting piece of trivia about this, and Anna and I mentioned this at the end of our When a Stranger Calls remake uh, episode, was that essentially one of the ways this film got made is the Apollo 13 poster got released and an artist drew the leprechaun's face on it and Ugh. then someone said, yes, go with that. And wow. that's, that's one of the ways that that happened. Like a, a senior at the Trimark, uh, at Trimark Studios or whatever, saw that and thought it was fantastic and said, yes, go for it. Let's, let's start a script for that. And that's how they got here but gosh what a weird series brian i mean we we talked about last time that we were going to go in space and then that was going to be it at you because you and i were, were done with this but like you mentioned there in the intro there are two more in the hoods coming up and there's also a remake in the works as well, we understand it's not really a remake it's it's a origins <laughs> uh, film have we called done leprechaun the origins and believe it or not it's being produced by the wwe and lionsgate films and it's going to star that 
shrimp that wrestles called uh, Hornswoggle as the leprechaun of all things. They're not even going to bring Warwick Davis back. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure he's made a ton of money off of this, and they can't justify paying him for something that's going to just flop. I mean, I suppose, right? I suppose so. But the fact that they're bothering to do that reboot origins, whatever you call it, and that it's done by WWE Films, which you and I also have a weird bastardized relationship with because of our WrestleMania tie-in podcast that we like to do. I guess we'll go ahead and spill it now. We're going to go back to the hood. We're going to do Leprechaun 5 and 6, even though we've said for three podcasts we weren't going to. Yeah, so, well, so. just look at this. Something to look forward to next, uh, you know, St. Patty's Day. And of course, again, next Halloween, we'll get that. And that'll be just enough time for that piece of crap that the WWE, I'm sure, is going to put out to have not only flopped in the theater, but made it to video in time for WrestleMania slash St. Patty's Day of 2008. 14. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've got a long <laughs> series planned here. So this isn't the end, but it is the end of being on Earth. And <laughs> and I you know, before we get any more into this, I guess it's it's worth it to attempt a plot summary. Um so I'm gonna let you do that one right. and then let's come back and talk about the fact that it's Leprechaun not on Earth. Well, after watching this movie, Jay, I couldn't even begin to formulate a plot summary myself. So I just went out and found one. And so this is what they have given it as plot summary. Let's see what you think after we're done here. On a distant planet, a power-hungry leprechaun kidnaps a Dominion princess, Princess Zarina, and plans to make himself king. But not if a bumbling brigade of space marines have anything to say about it. <laughs> Their commander is a mad scientist by the name of Dr. Mittenheim, who's half-machine thanks to one of his experiments. Once on the planet, Leprechaun is blown up, but quickly is reborn through one of the Marines. <laughs> and wreaks havoc aboard the ship. Meanwhile, Dr. Mittenhand plans to use the princess for his experiments to make himself whole again. But now, after many of the Marines are killed, Leprechaun turns Dr. Mittenhand into a grotesque monster and plans to blow up the ship. The remaining Marines have to stop his evil plans to blow him up instead. Wow. <laughs> Someone tried to lend a lot of credence to this story that he does <laughs> not have. Yeah. Nor should have ever had. Now, it's... There's someone named Dennis Pratt that supposedly wrote this. And I can only hope that whatever he bought with what he got paid to write it was very nice. Um, because this is that, oh, that is so much more intelligible than what we actually saw. I mean, um, I can't even, I think you've hit it. There's no way to even really describe what this movie is. I think the thing that I, I just kind of get to here. And when I think about this movie is that it's, there's no part of it at all that is on earth. All right. Which we've seen the leprechaun work in, I guess other dimensions and maybe ancient earth. You know, if you think back to the second one and some of what happens in the third one and some of that stuff, but we've never seen it where he's gone intergalactic. 
you know. And but they don't even set it up like how did he get in space? Did he get wished there? What? Who cares? You know, this is almost as cool. And I, and I give this film credit for that because it's almost as fun as the way they do three with the uh, pirate uh, hobo and his statue that walks in the pawn shop. That's the only opening I liked more than this one is the fact that they just throw us in there. And it's him and a girl again. But this time she seems to be somewhat into it, which is even stranger. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's very strange. But what I found odd was he's in a cave that's exactly like the cave from the last movie that he lived in, right? Right. On this weird planet, Dominion or whatever it's called. And uh, he's in a cave that's identical to what he had on Earth. Okay. But, yes, you mentioned the princess. Well, we learned what the princess is all about. She's all about power and money or gold in this case which i guess equates to money uh once he lures her with the thought of becoming queen and all the riches she can desire she seems to not really care that he's an ugly short being that really is out for her money as long as she gets her piece yeah it's like the marriage of convenience and i think i want to say hey good job leprechaun you finally figured out what the clintons and many other which probably shouldn't say that what and, many, what, and what many politicians have, to, have figured out years ago and she doesn't even have to sneeze three times without a blessing i know there's none of that i guess maybe that doesn't apply to her dominia people or whatever it's probably uh, not the same no. rules in space you know <laughs> what what rules brian there are no freaking <laughs> rules in this series we've talked about the lack of rules in this series mm-hmm. i promise myself I wasn't going to fuss about the lack of rules in the series because they don't know what's going on. I don't, and it doesn't even matter that the guy that directed the last one's doing this one. It doesn't. Even, he doesn't even clearly never watch that movie again. So they just sort of throw it all out and start over every time. And I'm yeah. I'm going with that for as much as I can go with what this is. All right. <laughs> what I can't go with and what I just sort of stop at is, and I laughed at it when you read it in that plot summary, is the space marine bit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is 1997, okay? We're in the heels of, uh, you know, 11 years after another big space marine movie that we've talked about on film strip. Nick and I did Aliens, and then there was Alien 3, and then Alien Resurrection came out in 97 too, and it had a similar ragtag group of space mercenaries and their wacky adventures with alien beings. And all I can think of is, as dunderheaded as that movie was, this one it even goes further. It's it's so much worse. And everything that happens in this film makes no sense beyond the opening bit of how he lures the princess. But you mentioned the gold bit. They throw that totally away. At no point is this about somebody stealing the leprechaun's gold. Hell, he's barely right. in this movie until the last 20 minutes. It's about Dr. Mittenhand and all of that goofy Saturday morning cartoon stuff. We get introduced to these ragtag idiots with uh, the first thing we see is this guy with a half metal skull. And he's the leader. Right. Yeah. He's the he's the he's the main guy of this group well, until, of course, he questions a doctor who comes in to be part of the crew. And then we meet the actual leader, which is this really piss poor German accent guy who you only ever see the head of. It's almost like he's big brother. He comes on the screen and he can hear everything you do because he just pops on the screen and then starts giving orders. It was yeah. really odd. This is, this is the the idea of the scientist government that runs the military thing. Now that the military are basically outsourced, you know, contractors to 
entities like himself, you know, wealthy yeah. entrepreneurs. It'd be like the guy that earns, owns Virgin Airlines having well, it, his own Marines, you know? Right. It reminded me of like a mix of uh, 1984, Dune, and uh, Aliens. Yeah. You there's take a, all those and throw them together. There's and a little bit of that. Parts. Yeah. And there's he's also got this whole like, um, and I know this is before, uh, or is this before... Doctor Evil and and uh, all Austin that. Powers, yeah, Austin that Powers. was uh, a year or two later. Okay, so then this is the Bond guy ripoff. This is Blofeld because he was bald. It's all of that. It's all of that stuff. It's the tropes of when you see him immediately, you know, well, he's he's someone that we're supposed to hate. Yeah, it, it's a it's a card played so far in advance. But then, like you said, we meet this group of Marines and talk about a motley bunch. You mentioned the guy with the plate in his head, the Michael Ironsides ripoff. You got him. You have the guy with the, the books, the guy with the name, Brent Jasmer, who's I, I mean, they just look for excuses to get this guy's guns on the on the uh, uh, screen because he kept taking his shirt off. That was his whole yeah, thing. Was, he and, was the Stallone wannabe. You know? Yeah, exactly. And he had a, he had some Stallone and Shatner esque acting going on too and then you then you have uh sticks miguel nunez jr who's like a a knockoff of the guy from the police academy movies that makes all the noises and orlando <laughs> jones i mean that's kind of who he is <laughs> nice. and i know i've seen i've seen him the only thing i know him else from is he was joanna man if you've ever seen that, the NBA player uh, that poses as a woman to play in the WNBA. Um, no, nah, nah, I've not seen that. But I, I recognized him right away from Scooby-Doo, the movie. He was the voodoo man who was sacrificing the dead chicken. Good point. I forgot that. So, yeah, he's in that. You have those guys are the Marines, and they're led by this doctor, Tina Reeves, Jessica Collins, who comes on, and she's like a the dynasty bimbo. That's exactly what I thought of when she walked on the screen. She is that era of person. She's about 10 years out of cast. Yeah, it, uh, I didn't even know what to make of her. All I knew was I figured we'd probably be seeing her naked because that's what we do in these Leprechaun movies. And we I don't, we didn't even get that. We, we don't get that. The odd, only person but... we get we get slight nakedness from is the princess, and we're going to talk about that when we get there. Yeah, there's a that's, whole a, other... that's a fun one. Yeah, there's <laughs> a whole other conversation to that. But what are they? They're, they're exploring something on this planet, Dominia, and they run across the leprechaun and this princess. They're there to, like, collect the princess because she has rejuvenative power. I wasn't clear as to why they had No, died. no, I don't think they knew anything about the princess or the le- I think that they had some kind of a... I, well, obviously, Dr. Mitten, whatever the hell his name is, he knew about the princess. But I think that they said there were some alien life forms on this planet and they were had to go check them out. And that's why they went down there. And then, of course, they find the room that he's basically trying to coax the princess into marrying him in and they find all the gold and then that's when we get the fun stuff we get we get the firefight yes these of the the guns that are definitely from the 20th century firing the 21st century laser beam and that's another thing when the hell is this? <laughs> is this 2414? Oh, yeah. They don't even say, do they? Do they tell us a time? No, no we have no idea what yeah, this is. It just, it just it, is. I mean, so. it's got to be in the, the 70s, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that's certainly the technology because it looks like a battle off of like the old Star Trek. I mean, like the TV 60s Shatner esque. You know, I mean, it's got that kind of quality to it. It, yeah. it almost reminded me of some of the gun battles. If you've ever seen the movie Critters, it's sort of along that that lines too. <laughs> Oh, do the Marines suck in that too? Uh, well, yeah, they do. Well, oh, actually, okay. no; those guys are actually pretty decent, but they just blow stuff up for you know reasons that don't matter. But in, in all of this, they throw a grenade and the Leprechaun to save his woman, and I'm like, man, the Leprechaun has changed mo totally. Jumps <laughs> on the grenade. He doesn't throw the girl on it. He it's doesn't so... build a cage around it magically. This is a guy with magic, okay? And he throws himself on the grenade and is blown to bits. Five minutes into the movie. Yeah, and before that even happens, Jay, what do we see? He pulls out his little shillelagh, and it turns into a freaking lightsaber. (laughs) A lightsaber. And he goes and chops off one of the guy's legs with it. And then, after that, it turns into a freaking machine gun. Why does the leprechaun uh, need a gun? Why does he need any of this stuff? A laser sword. I mean, I said two podcasts ago, I wanted to see this just to see the leprechaun with a lightsaber, you know, because I was having Yoda in episode two flashbacks. <laughs> oh, it's not even that cool. It's not even close to that. That's no. It's horrible. It's you and I could do this on our computer at home and make it look better. I've seen better YouTube lightsaber fights than what he does, but it turns into a gun and then then he throws himself on a grenade. That's, Very noble of them. Very yeah, noble. I know, but for no re- <laughs> like it's crazy. And in the in the process of that, Zarina loses a hand too, which is <laughs> yes. and, and I'm like, what's happening here? This is so <laughs> weird. It's and it's just the weirdest end to well, a battle. And then the best part is that as as they're like celebrating the fact that they've blown this alien up and rescued this princess, the uh, guy goes and starts pissing on the a leprechaun's dismembered leg and you look over and there's leprechaun smiling the whole time and looking at him and then he zaps the crap out of his junk yeah which i i knew immediately then uh oh this is how he's going to regenerate himself somehow and when when that happens later i just I, i just shook my head you know it's one of the many times i did watching this but you knew that wasn't going to end well you know, no, because you know, of course it can't. I mean, th- and this is clearly a film made way before, you know, we became more aware of our our terrorist wars and stuff like that. You know, yes, this is a great way to de- uh, predict our marine or depict our marines. Right? They win, and then they take a piss on the enemy. You know that? <laughs> no, that's you know, I know marines. Hey, they're they're hardcore, uh, but they don't do that stuff. So, well, you know, uh, there's some. Uh, yeah, that went on. <laughs> yeah, I know, but th- the whole point <laughs> the whole point is though is that that's going to be the comeuppance, and that's the way. Oh, that's a terrible way of saying it, but that's the way the leprechaun is going to be reborn because you wow, you spoiled it man, already. Yeah. He basically is reborn through the guy's dick, which yeah. is <laughs> really weird. It's terrible. Well, okay, before we get to that, we're back on the ship, and everyone's celebrating this fact that they've uh, destroyed this alien by drinking a few beers in a full-fledged discotheque on the ship. <laughs> you know, all the things that have survived, you know, hair gel, apparently, hairspray, and disco, has survived, and Budweiser has survived it's into know. the future. I, at this point, am blown away by what I'm seeing. And now we know how they made this movie. They got corporate sponsor from Budweiser. (laughs) 
No, there, I didn't even see a good label. It was like the fake oh, bud label, okay. but <laughs> but it was still the same thing. Like the the point is, we now have to have a scene with guys in a bar because that's what that's what they do. Oh you know? yeah, and <laughs> of course the slutty yeah. marine chick. Yeah, exactly. There's the the one marine Debbie Dunning, who I only know from multiple wall calendars in college and oh, home, home improvement. Home. Yeah, and home yeah. improvement, and yeah. she's there to basically hit on. One of the other, you know, jockhead marines, the guy that was taking a leak on the leprechaun's body. Yes, yeah, that's the whole bit. And apparently, <laughs> apparently on some other marines too, as we'll find out later. Yeah. But yes, this was their uh, big scene. They head out to deck five and start making out, and then what happens, Jay? Yep, the leprechaun starts being reborn out of the junk of the marine. Kowalski starts to wow. give birth. Now eat. I know that the conceit and the Hollywood trick of if you want to bring someone out of somebody else's body, you put them up against a wall because then you can do the whole facade and all that stuff. It's so poorly set up here that I was like, oh, he <laughs> must fall against that wall because it's the only way Warwick Davis can climb through the fake pants. And yep. then <laughs> and he bursts through that. But you know what? You, the thing that killed me, this is direct to video. So what the hell do they care about? You know what happens in it? Why is there no blood? Is there no blood in space? That should have been uh, gory, and it was not. You're right. It should have been very disgusting, too. But uh, I don't know. I, Maybe they didn't it, have the budget for it. I mean, $1.6 <laughs> well, is fine. That second one, though, remember we talked about in the second film how gory that film had become. Correct, yeah. And they have really and, – and the third one, too, had some gore in it. This one well, has, like, this, less. This director, when he took over the franchise to do the third uh, third one, and I assume the fourth one, was trying to get away from the gore and go more to the comedy of it. Well, clearly, because this well, is – And that uh, failed big time with three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's failing here too. Let's not give this so many credit. This is not funny at all because you see it all. The problem is it's all telegraphed. You see all of this coming from a mile away, you know. And you knew that's how he's going to be reborn. And of course, he has this whole fight with Debbie Dunning, and then he gets into a gunfight with Debbie Dunning again. Now, <laughs> this man has—I mean, the Leprechaun has already shown us he's got so much magic he can be reborn out of somebody's penis. That it, now he's got to <laughs> pick up a nine and start blasting. Hey, you know, whatever works. I, I, don't, I don't get it. My favorite part, though, is after she escapes and he's alone, he starts spouting off some poetry to himself. What, what the hell's the point of that? I know. It's I, the, I don't get it. We old, need some lines for work. Uh, let's just write a poem. Yeah, and it's the only time he does anything like that, too. Gone, yes. gone are the limericks and all that stuff. You know, As it's dumb terrible. as those were, that was trademark. And they're gone. And I I was like, what, when's he going to start doing that? He didn't even have good puns. It's like Warwick Davis is phoning this in, and I'm like, hell, if he's phoning this in, why is this even getting made? Yeah, no, but uh, coming up next, Jay, is probably my favorite part of the movie, the flesh-eating bacteria room. First off, my question is, how the hell did Leprechaun get a suit his size? On this ship, because I'm pretty sure they didn't have one in storage for a short person. Probably knew what their cargo was going to be. So anyway, he's got a suit. And why is he sitting in the flesh-eating bacteria room to begin with? And whose dumbass idea is it to go in there? Oh, that's the, that's the Marines' idea. Like, they make a big I deal know, out of that. But yeah. Hello? So dumb. So, oh, then, of course, uh, Stallone clone, of course, <laughs> has to be Mr. Macho. And he's got a... You know, she she's supposed to go in there because she's the smallest one, and he's got to be all macho and say, no, I'll take care of it. I'll go in there. And, of course, she can't let him be all macho. So they both go in together. 
Or no, I'm sorry. They have one guy who they, is they, to they go take in. another he guy in and he goes in instead her. of her. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to impress her. So he goes in with this other guy. And of course, what happens? The other guy's suit busts open and all of a sudden every piece of flesh within a matter of two seconds is removed from this guy's body. That is some well, hell of a flesh-eating bacteria, dude. You say removed. It's like they say, hey, dude, don't tear your suit. This stuff will eat you alive. And then all of a sudden he tears his suit. We hear him scream. They run to the airlock. And then the next shot is a cutaway to Stallone clone, then back to the fake plastic skeleton that they've stuck in the guy's suit. That's how that transpires. <laughs> we don't that is... That is some kick-ass bacteria, dude. Dude, you and I could have shot that, though. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, this is so amateur. This is below amateur. And and that's what's killing me. I'm like, look, I know this movie didn't have a lot of money. It's not. It doesn't have a greater point. It's not trying to tell a great story. It's just supposed to be fun. But it's not even doing that because they're setting up the joke so heavy-handed. Again, it's like they tell us, don't don't get any of this stuff on you, man. It'll kill you. And then what happens? Uh, it yeah, gets one of them. And you knew it wasn't going to be Stallone clone. Of it was it was going to be the other guy that nobody cares about. Right. And uh, okay, so then <laughs> we're in the in a different area and Kowalski's talking with Nympho Soldier Girl about how, you know, she's talking about how terrible it was that he had to die that way and of course Kowalski's all like, well, if I had my choice, I'd like to go out with a boner too. Right? <laughs> and so she gets all horny. <laughs> She's like ready to give him one, and then he totally turns her down. I know, which makes no sense at all. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you've been trying to nail anything on the ship the whole time, and now you're so bummed that your buddy is <laughs> has been eaten by the flesh bacteria. Which, by the way, set, there was a purpose set up for that. That's how they get rid of their waste. Don't flush uh, it into space, kids. Let's be green. <laughs> I mean, that's what uh, this is trying to do. And now he turns her down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in the well. in the meanwhile, though, we learn something here. We learn that Princess Zarina can grow her appendages back, kind of like a yes. gecko. That's right. <laughs> and that's uh, when Doctor Mittenhand gets real excited because that's how he's going to regrow himself. All these experiments yeah. and and her her blood and DNA, it's blue. Yeah, it's like this milky blue. <laughs> Uh, color, you it, know? It's the color of the delicious milk on Tatooine. It's that, yeah, it looks exactly like it. Probably left over from that shoot, oddly <laughs> yeah. enough. And that's what we, we made get. this crap and don't know what to do with it. Help <laughs> <you guys. laughs> it's laying in the back. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> but that's exactly what happens is that it's this you get you get all of this set up and that, that's how they figure out that the queen or the princess or whatever is regenerative. And they don't ever really do anything else with that. Like, I wanted them to cut her in half well, and then, like, two of her show up, you know, or something yeah, later. They didn't do any of that stuff. So They didn't. But, uh, again, you know, the only thing they really used that for was to try and and build the whole Mittenhand uh, storyline so that he could grow his body back. Of course, we don't know any of this yet because he hasn't really exposed himself to us until all the Marines are sitting there and they get in a fight with each other and he has to actually literally come out. Oh, I, they were fighting with him because their last day was that day under contract and they were going to take the shuttle off the ship and go home and he kept yelling at him, you cannot do this. I own your contract. Da, 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 da. And so then he finally comes out and exposes himself to be this basically... 
half of a chest and a head, one arm, and the rest of him is a metal box. He, oh, a metal box? You mean a cardboard box painted silver like you would make for your kids if they wanted to be Robbie the Robot for Halloween? Right. I mean, that's what this, this... The effect on this is so cheap. And it's so... I, I was getting all kinds of, like, you know, Captain Pike flashbacks <laughs> from the old Star Trek and some of this stuff, you know, one beep once for yes, two for no. I mean, it, it's the evil scientist that has this altar plan that no one knows about, and he's just using the grunts to do his bidding. And the whole time I'm watching this going, it's like there's two movies, and they have Leprechaun, like, we should put Leprechaun in space. Yes, what do we do with that? I don't know. Well, we get this Space Marine movie. Maybe we should just slam them together. Like, that happened at 3 <laughs> in the morning at the Waffle House, and that's how they came up with this idea. Because <laughs> you've really got two Makes stories. Makes as much sense. Yeah, that have nothing to do with one another. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason at all for the Leprechaun to be here. I mean, as arbitrary right. as he has been in films that are his namesake, this one by far is more like in space, kind of, with the Leprechaun, instead of Leprechaun in space. Yeah, for sure. He's hard, he is rarely in this movie, and all he's really doing is crawling around the innards of a ship and getting into little battles with the Marines the whole time. The rest of it is all on the experiments that this Mittenhand is doing. You see him with a shrink ray and a enlarger ray. I don't even know what to call it. But oh, they take oh, the, the, the honey piece. I shrunk the kids laser? Yes. Yeah, exactly what that thing they took, like. They take the gold that they stole from the leprechaun. This is let, remind, you know, this is the only time we actually see gold from since the beginning of the movie in this movie and they shrink it into a little like pizza roll size right and then they re-enlarge it and they get all excited why i'm not quite sure because it doesn't ever come back to play in this movie until they actually blow the shit up of the leprechaun it, right it's it's only until the end when they do what they do to the leprechaun does this come back but it's like i've said with everything else brian they set all this stuff up because that's what they've been told in script writing class that you do you show yeah. a gun in the first act, in the third act, it goes off. The problem is, it's like, here's the gun that's going to go off in the third act. It's so obvious that you just are waiting for the gag. And like well, you yeah. said, all the leprechauns do it is running around and coming up with these ridiculous ways to kill people. He throws Debbie Dunning off of a high place. He, mm -hmm. uh, he has a big metal... Uh, box drop on one other dude we talked about the guy that gets you know, the flesh-eating bacteria i mean he comes up with these unique weird ways to take that, out half the marines that uh scene where he throws debbie dunning off and they all go look at her and you know that had to be what three four story fall at minimum yeah she's down there they go after her. She, what does she do she grabs uh, stallone clone by the throat and says kill him before actually dying really oh, of course she had really? to get a line and i'm sure it was in her contract that she had to have this great death scene <laughs> and this is what they gave her this is, oh it's horrible it's, it's so it's so bad <laughs> so it gets even better jay because then uh uh jessica collins's character and uh stallone clone are running around getting chased by the leprechaun and he's shooting like mad at this thing and he misses constantly and then he gets handcuffed to uh i don't even know what it is he gets handcuffed to one of the bars in in the ship and He's shooting at the leprechaun, trying to get him away so he doesn't kill him. And then he goes and shoots his handcuffs. And what does she say to him? You're really good with that rifle. Really? <laughs> you didn't just see him miss everything in sight? 
better, <laughs> better yet, better until yet. Until it's close range. You're you're in a spacecraft, which is a pressurized environment, <laughs> and you're firing Shooting. projectile weapons at random oh. throughout the ship. When like exposure to the air in the ship and one part of it will eat your flesh within seconds. I'm certain the hull's not that good. The hull integrity yeah. cannot be that good. <laughs> I sure yeah, sure hope you don't hit the window to that room. <laughs> and yeah, that's another thing. There's glass all over this thing. I'm like, uh, this is no spaceship I've ever seen. Okay. It's so yeah. bad. And that's what I'm saying. It's like they had these two movies and then maybe like a third thrown away Steven Seagal airplane heist movie thrown together. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is this is what we get, and yeah. the chases go nowhere. It's it's, no, it's nothing happens. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah, and not even to mention the fact of two other really weird scenes that happen with the leprechaun. He gets the metalhead guy, the guy with the big plate or whatever, mm-hmm. and he essentially what does he do? Hypnotize him or reprogram him or something? Thinking he's like a transvestite hooker dancer. Oh, and we God, have this yes. whole ten minute thing <laughs> where he's oh. in drag and they're having this whole showdown. Oh God, it's horrible. Oh, it's terrible. It's only a sign of things to come. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And as it, we roll into the hood. Or not. <laughs> as it may oh, be. Man. But I mean, this is this is terrible how that goes on and how they finally are able to deactivate him when they they basically electrocute him and they realize he's mostly robot. And the right. whole the whole thing about him is that he saved books once, and that's how he sustained all those injuries, and that I never appreciated the Sarge for what he was. And then they're like, okay, over it. <laughs> and yep, just yep. done the dude. <laughs> uh, and and yeah. rightfully so. They've got a leprechaun to worry about. <laughs> Which they can't I mean, hit I, with the broadside of a barn. <laughs> yeah. And, and, of course, we've got to mention the fact that they're all standing together for some dumb reason. And what happens? Princess Serena takes off her top. Oh, and yeah. And just dangles her boobs around like for no apparent reason. And of course, the the doctor chick, the Jessica Collins character knows exactly what that means. Yes. If uh, if if, if, her, uh, if her people do that, it is a sign you're about to die. If right. you if you see oh, their breasts, shit. then that means you're to be destroyed. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really? Wow. Really? And and yet nothing happens. No, nothing happens except Dr. Middenhand gets his from the... Because this is what we want now. We want the leprechaun to do him in, right? So he can't just kill him or electrocute him or some other stupid shit like he's done everybody else. He has to feed him a cocktail of Zarina's blood, a scorpion, and a spider that turns him <laughs> into like this you know, Cronenberg-esque fly creature thing. Yeah. Where he's trying and, to and- reprogram the ship and eat flies at the same time. And here's how dumb that whole thing is. Like, he and the Leprechaun are actually working together here. And they've got, like, this deal going on. And then he tries to turn on Leprechaun. And Leprechaun's like, what? Oh, you're toast. It's, yeah. It's, and why would they ever be in league with one another? It makes well, no it's sense. It's all about power, right? What? So Leprechaun wants power. Mittenhand wants power. They work together. You know? Now, you would think that the Leprechaun would be the one turning on Mittenhand, but apparently it's the other way around. But still, just stupid well and it's but here's the real reason why we have to have dr mittenhand become dr mitten spider or whatever is so basically he can rip tina's clothes off so she runs around the rest of the time in underwear and a black t-shirt 
because we've killed mm-hmm. Debbie Dunning. We've already said that Zarina, if she shows you the goods, it, it's deadly to you. So we're, And we're going to kind of push her to the side anyway. So it's all about getting this doctor naked at some point, or somewhat naked, right? Right, right. we got to have some more TNA. Yeah, that's the whole bit, because we don't have enough of that crap going on. So wow. there's that, and so you get sticks facing off with the mitten spider. Thing. Okay, but you got to set that up mm-hmm. because basically the leprechaun sets the ship to explode. Right, right. right. And they've got X time to do it. And they've got to figure out how to unprogram it. And so he's the apparently the brains of the operation. So he goes up to that cabin and tries to figure out the password because apparently it's password protected. And so he tries to figure out the password while they're fighting off the leprechaun. And let's take it away here. You know, we got... Yeah, uh, Jessica Collins running around half naked, and we've got uh, Sticks trying to break the code. All the while, you have Leprechaun and Stallone clone taking it out on each other, and Stallone clone accidentally uh, hits that little shrink ray, enlarger ray on the Leprechaun, and makes him grow humongous. Yes, so now you have giant Leprechaun... Essentially, and that's the the old joke. Let's let the little person be huge. And so, so now he's a bigger threat to the guy who couldn't hit him when he was three feet tall. Now he can't hit him when he's thirty feet tall, or however big he's supposed to be. <laughs> yes, Which he is couldn't ridiculous. hit him with a gun. <laughs> yeah, oh but God. he can hit him with that that ray. You know, yeah that that's the the setup for the giant climax that we oh, have dear. here on the ship. Oh. oh. Climax. Uh, so we got that all going on. They're fighting, trying to get, uh, trying to get rid of the leprechaun. Over in the other end, t- half naked uh, Jessica Collins, Tina, whatever her name is, is in the room with sticks, trying to figure out this password. Of course, she's brains the operation; she can figure it out. And here comes Spider Mittenhand to attack them. Oh dear God! And what happens is on the intercom. Uh, uh, Stallone clone says, "Open the hatch in cargo bay one, right?" And they're like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Just do it." So he's on his way, trying to lure Leprechaun to get him. He gets to the airlock door, opens it up, and closes it in the nick of time for the airlock to open, and it sucks out the Leprechaun, who's still giant, by the way, at this point. Right, and the whole idea is that we're going to blow him out into space, and <clears throat> because of the pressure differential, he's going to essentially explode. And that's right. it, That's exactly what happens. <laughs> Correct. All the while, Zarina, who's been kind of knocked unconscious in the middle of all of this, keeps coming to and back and forth with Stallone clone, and she's happy, like, oh, he's dead, yay, I think I'll keep the good-looking Stallone man, but she's sort of out of it. And then he just right. kind of dumps her and leaves her in the corner, and that's right. it. That's the last we see yeah. of her. <laughs> yeah, they've they've now uh, Mitten Hand has been eradicated. <laughs> yeah, because because and, Jessica Collins hits him with the uh, what is it uh, liquid nitrogen, just like uh, yeah, you know, Terminator Two. Yeah, and that blows him into pieces, and then the three of them together. Which I gotta say, Jay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not sure exactly how liquid nitrogen works, but you don't just stand there in your bare clothes and spray that shit at someone and don't expect to get yourself a little it was it was all hurt. over her yes thank <laughs> you it was getting all over her and nothing happened she didn't even lose nope. a finger out of nope. this thing 
But then apparently the, it doesn't affect her. It's, yeah, and then the three of them have to stand there and think of every you know ridiculous fourth grade word they can to try to break. The, is it password? Is it ship? Is it oh, gold? Yes. Is it power? And they finally come up with wizard because, oh, remember, he said he was the wizard behind the curtain. Duh, that must be it. And, of course, that stops the self-destruct. Uh, with what, <laughs> like two seconds to go or something? Hey, the uh, computer that ran that ship looked like the one the dude in the pawn shop had that had all the That reminds <laughs> me. That reminds me. Earlier in this movie, when the doctor is first introduced, she starts taking some information from the re- Marines. Did you notice <laughs> when she had that little folder thing open she was writing on there's this like mini calculator glued to the back of that thing and that was all that was in there yes it's like it's like they picked that up at the production office (laughs) off of some pa's desk and said hey we need to borrow that for a shot real quick sure no problem just bring it back because i gotta have it (laughs) i i almost fell on the floor when i saw that i was like really i mean you you cheap i mean so cheap but we're not done because they've blown all this stuff up the three people who don't Uh know how to fly the spaceship left on the spaceship, and the last thing we see before Stallone, Clone, and Tina hook up and kiss finally is the remains of the leprechaun's body, and his fist (laughs) animates and shoots a finger at him, almost as if to say to the audience, this is for you for making us do this. Well, not only that, that had to be the worst CGI I have ever seen. It's like they took a, a paint program and said, draw a finger, a middle finger of a leprechaun. And it's pixelated to the extreme, and they just put it on the screen. Oh, it's, it's like, horrible. It's wow. so horrible. And what I'm like, I'm like, Styx didn't even get to hook up with Zarina. She should have come up there and at least like hooked up with him. You know, so uh, he's just sort of standing over there watching these other two make out while they all get flipped off by the leprechaun. And my thought is, look, he's already shown it. he can re he can reanimate himself. Why can't he just reanimate and like swallow the ship? <laughs> I mean, well, that's a good question. Maybe, well, maybe that's how he gets to the hood. All his body parts <laughs> float down to Earth. But uh, that was it. That was the end. Yeah, like, nothing got resolved. No, nobody knows what happened to these Marines. Did they make it back home? Did, are they just stuck in space now, Brian? Our nothing. Sticks? What was there to resolve? We never well, set up yeah. how any of this happened to begin with. It's true, but you kind of it kind of just ended, and you're kind of like, um, okay. Yeah, right. I mean that was that was it, and we're at the end, and then the credits go, and I'm like, really? <laughs> and here's the thing: this is the longest of the four of them. This movie is a painful 95 I will, minutes. I will tell you this oh. though, Jay: it may have been the longest, but it was nothing compared to number two as far as length. Because that one felt like you were watching it for 15 hours. I, it just went on I agree. And, on, and, and there was nothing compelling about that movie. No, it wasn't. It, but you know what we said? The first one moved at a pace that made no sense, but at least it, it seemed like they were going for something. The, right. the second one was terrible. The third one, the like the review said, the first 40 minutes, you're like, what is this? And the last 45 are awesome. And that's Correct. exactly what happened. There was none of this that was awesome. Nothing well, about this experience was fun. I will say this, Jay. Of all the la- the last like th- the this of the last three, so the first one by far the best of the series, Not even and close. that's saying something. <laughs> but this one, at least to me, I wasn't like 
sitting there getting ticked that I was watching it and I wasn't unentertained. I was like asking myself what the hell's going on constantly and trying to figure something out. So I'll give it that. At least it wasn't like two where everything was just terrible. True. There was no shining anything in this. You had you had actual actors who had a little bit of ability in this one, which is a step up from most of the ones we've seen. And you had familiar faces in this one. So it was a little easier to get involved in it because I've seen Jessica Collins before. I've seen Styx, the actor who played Styx before. I can give Stallone Cohen a Stallone-like watch because it's a Stallone clone. So to me, that helped a little bit with this movie in the actual entertainment value of it. However, the story was terrible. The graphics were shit. I don't even I don't even know where to go. Well, but, well, you're you're doing what what I was going to set up for you there, and I'll just do it now. It's time to give our final recommendations, thoughts, and popcorn ratings. So, what are yours continued for Leprechaun Four? Well, like I said, at least on this one, I didn't feel like I had to sit there for the ninety five minutes, and it felt like ninety five minutes. I felt like this had a decent enough pace to keep me involved in it. The ending sucked. The graphics sucked. The story was terrible. You barely got any Leprechaun. One hour and nine minutes into the movie, the Leprechaun finally realizes he needs to get his gold. That's the first time he's actually said, oh, they've got me gold, and goes looking for it. There was no purpose for the Leprechaun to even be in this movie, and so for that, I'm giving it an extra small popcorn. It's not burnt popcorn, like two was it can't be small popcorn because one blows this thing out of the water but it wasn't as bad as two or three so it gets a little bit up there i'm gonna say this i feel like i'm in the reverse star trek world here where only the you know certain ones are good like the even and the odds ones i feel like only the odd ones have been good or at least passable in this. The first one, the third one, and then the second and the fourth are just a whole level of, of crap <laughs> below the other crap that this entire series is. And I, you say you didn't mind it. it. It at least went somewhere for you. I felt every single second of this movie. I flipped the counter on so many times while watching it. And I had to back up stuff because things would happen and I'd go, wait a minute, what? And I'd rewind it. So I spent, you know, three hours with this probably where it was only Ugh. 95 minutes long because I'm, and what I only realized in going back is no, they didn't set it up and I didn't miss it. It's just not there. And this whole film, like I've said multiple times, and I have no proof of this because there's no material out there about it, it feels like multiple things that were slammed together and they just threw it out there because it's all about the joke. It's about the kitsch. You know, ah, oh, Leprechaun in Space, it'll be funny. But it's not. It's not really. It's, it's so stupid and so ham-handed and so poorly set up that there's really no reason to care about any of it. There's nothing that I can hold on to in this series that makes me want to watch more of it. That's the problem I'm having with it. And so for me, this one is extra small and it's burnt and it's just as burnt as the second one. It's terrible. And and I hate it. And I can only think that the fact that we're going back to the hood, which means we've got to be going back in time and back to, you know, Earth. The 70s. Yeah, yeah. And we know that it goes back to the 70s. And Ice-T, the original gangsta, is in it that it's got to be an upgrade going forward because as racially stereotypical as that film probably is, 
at least it'll be something better than what I've had here because this is this is bad. This is just as bad as two, and I can only hope that they get something from the first one again back into this, or at least what worked in the last half of the third one, that they get some of that back because this series is becoming the most intolerable thing I've ever reviewed. Yeah, and it has to be somewhat good because they decided to go back to the hood. Yeah, it got so its that own means sequel. They gave yeah. a sequel to it. <laughs> Whereas and, the other ones are just more leprechaun movies. This is an actual one that well, has a sequel. And like we said, well, like we've known, you know, just from trivia, at least there's one thing we know that carries into it. That statue with the necklace thing, mm-hmm. we're going to that was in 3, the beginning of the pawn shop, it's going to show up in the hood. Like we know that's Jay, coming. You're so, you're telling me there's continuity? That's what I'm saying. If, if we get if there's any what? hope I have at all, is that if they have continuity somewhere in this thing, I'm going to give it a pass because these films have been the least contiguous series of films I've ever, ever seen <laughs> together. It's amazing Absolutely. that they even bear the same name. It's, it's amazing, yes, to say the least. To, uh, or the most. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, we get to look forward to the origin story. I mean, I'm just rolling through my head trying to figure out what the hell they're going to come up with for that. I, I can This is how Leprechaun imagine. got sucked to be such a mean old bastard. I can only Uh-oh. imagine what that is. And I'm going to tell you now, I've seen the beginning of Leprechaun in the Hood before. I saw it coming on, and I didn't watch it because I thought, and hey, that'll be something we review one day, maybe. This was before we even <laughs> you really got into this series, and so I didn't watch any more of it. But they tell an origin at the beginning of Leprechaun in the Hood, that I'm like, well, that's actually... And now, knowing that and having seen these four films, it's the most satisfying origin we've ever been told. I'm going to tell you, we're in line for at least that next time around. But we have to wait till March (laughs) for that to happen because that's how we do things here on Filmstrip. Brian and I like to space the pain. So, (laughs) so... Uh, it's it's in, true. Indeed, indeed we do. But you know what? I said before there was nothing about this that was satisfying. I take that back. It was satisfying talking about this with you. Talking about these movies with you is always a lot of fun, and I hope folks have gotten that because I certainly enjoy doing this podcast. And, folks, we appreciate you downloading us and checking us out, as always. Of course, you know where you can find more in the archive section of our website, continuousplaypodcast.com slash movies. Man, we got all kinds of stuff in there. Not only the the Grand Leprechaun series that we've got four episodes of now. We've got <laughs> Noah Holds Bard and Ready to Rumble, a couple of wrestling podcasts. We've got I Know What You Did Last Summer and Valentine, a couple of horror movies in there. Anna and I just finished up When a Stranger Calls, those three films. Nick and I have done the Alien series and Blair Witch. And you go all the way back to the old stuff. we got Batman, romantic comedies. we got all kind of stuff in there for you that you can check out. And hey, if you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you can go check out our Buffy podcast, The Art of Slaying, over at theartofslaying.com. Four seasons of episodes already there. Uh, single episode reviews of the entire show, along with a few extras, and we've just started releasing our season five stuff as the release of this podcast. So, tons of podcasts for you from the Continuous Play universe. We hope you'll keep checking us out because we certainly enjoy doing them. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. Visit our website, continuousplaypodcast.com. 
for more reviews and episodes. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. All content used or discussed in this podcast are the property of their respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act Section 504C2, Title 17.